Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, July 11th. We begin with the annual Premier's Stampede Breakfast, the last one being hosted by Jason Kenney. We get details on how this year's event unfolded with global news reporter Jamie Dahl. Next, a snapshot of the impact the 2022 Stampede is having on Calgary's hospitality industry. We speak with Saul Zia, Executive Director of the Calgary Hotel Association, on the current level of bookings and if the industry is seeing levels reached pre-pandemic. Just how much exercise do you need per week to maintain your health? We catch up with Dr. Ted Jablonski for details on a new study that breaks down just how many minutes you need to see real results. And finally, it's another edition of Motivational Monday, a chance to get you motivated today and beyond. This time out, we learn about the practice of transcendental meditation from Rhea Kinzel, director and teacher at the Calgary TM Centre. Well, Premier Kenny, the head pancake flipper at the annual Premier Stampede Breakfast, I believe it's wrapping up in about 10 minutes time with details we're joined by global news calgary anchor jamie Dahl. good morning to you jamie good morning well i know that if people can hear the sound of my voice and your voice they've got about 10 minutes to, to get some sausage and pancakes i believe um, how would you deem today's uh, breakfast uh, how did it look from your perspective you know it was very sunny and the feeling i think here um and and sort of sort of this bittersweetness hanging in the air it's a lot of the people that i've been speaking with here we see supporters of the premier and saying that they're really sad that this will be the last one that he will host, but wishing him well. Um, and I think a lot of people are just happy to be back, you know, happy to be back together. They put on quite a spread. Uh, it's not just pancakes. They had fruit and sausages and a big truck pulled up with about 25 canisters of coffee. So who doesn't like that, right? Really, for sure. I'm curious, though, uh, when the Premier spoke uh, around 8 o'clock, uh, d- did he have much to say? Because uh, Andy and I were talking about this. I-, I would think that it would be a very difficult thing to to be there, to be flipping pancakes and pretending you're having fun when you're no longer going to be the Premier because people don't have that faith in you anymore. You know what, though? He was very, very optimistic. He gave his laundry list of accomplishments. He really sort of laid out, I think, what he wants his legacy to be and uh, that of the champion of the energy sector and providing diversity in the economy, new jobs. Um, he talked about how he's going to Victoria to meet with the premiers. I just feel like really sort of charging ahead, you know, uh, with sort of what his his plan is, regardless if he's in the public sector or in the private sector or not. Um, and he also decided uh, that he is declaring September 1st, Alberta Day, as a time to really um, celebrate Alberta's history and um, to raise awareness to sort of about where our roots were laid. Were there any, any vocal, uh, you know, I guess you'd say demonstrators on hand whatsoever that you could see, uh, Jamie? You know, we've been keeping our eye open. There's quite a large sort of police, I will not say large, but there's a police presence here. Um, there's a there's one guy with a sign, but not not overly. No, um, one guy stuffed a pamphlet in my pocket <laughs> quietly, you know. But um, uh, overall, yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty pretty calm. It seems uh, surprising. Politics and pancakes are the name of the game this week. It's it's the thing to do is for politicians to you know to be flipping the the pancakes and glad handing. Did it did it feel like it was a, a goodbye from Jason Kenny? I think so a little bit, um, but but again, like he was very sort of optimistic and just sort of laying out the things that he still wants to accomplish, uh, and sort of holding 
steady to to those goals, regardless, you know, if he's going to be um, the top of this party or not. Just about his entire cabinet is here. We thought that we might see some of the candidates. I haven't yet, but there's quite a few people here. I'm at Google Center, so I have to say that they aren't here. But definitely people are using this as a platform um, to sort of push on. And I think a lot of the goal now is to really start healing some of those fractures that we've seen over the past couple of years in this party, the divide that has been caused uh, while Kenny has sort of has been in office. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are just eager to to sort of heal the party and, and move on. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can see that. Interesting time. And, uh, you know, here we go, putting the cap on another Premier breakfast, the last of Premier Jason Kenney in about uh, seven minutes' time. Thank you for the update, Jamie. We appreciate it. You're welcome. That is Jamie Dahl, anchor for Global News Calgary. And and I think it's 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 interesting because we now cover these things. We always, you know, cover it. It's mm-hmm. a Premier breakfast. It's one of the official events. But back to 2003 when Premier Ralph Klein was, you know, pied right. uh, during it. And so you, you start to wonder, is this going to be an annual thing? And So it's good to see there were no shenanigans. Yeah, I, I just, I, it's got to have been, uh, you know, a kick in the can for, for Jason Kenney because it just can't feel good to have to be front and center and say, well, see you later, I won't be back because you guys don't like me, basically. I was saying, I was saying you know, to you. I mean, in, in simplistic terms, that's what happened. It would almost be the equivalent of whatever line of work you're in, you get laid off. And there happens to be a company breakfast the next day, and it's your job to to serve the pancakes. Um, you know, in those terms, and you can have you, to go and do and it. And you're and you're the one, and even you though you're not working there, do it with a smile on your face. Yeah. And I guess the other part of it is, Ugh. it it leads to the question. And I mean, this is down the line. We got some time to talk about this. What does the future hold for for Jason mm-hmm. Kenny? Is his political career completely done? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. It's a big question. I guess we'll see. Oh, and the first weekend of Stampede is in the books. So how are hotel bookings and tourist traffic looking? Are we returning anywhere close to pre-pandemic levels? Joining us to discuss is Saul Zia, Executive Director of the Calgary Hotel Association. Hi, Saul. How are you? Good morning. I hope you both are great. Excellent. Thanks for being with us. So it's been a tough, you know, through the pandemic, we know. We've talked to you many times. It's been terrible for the hospitality industry last couple of years. We're sort of coming out the other side of it now, now with Stampede. I would hope this is good news. How is the hotel, how is the the, uh, the association looking right now in terms of bookings for Stampede? Well, I mean, we're, it's no secret, we're looking great. We're seeing occupancy for 2022 nearing 2019 levels uh, for the 10 or 11 days, because it starts a bit before of Stampede. We're projecting citywide occupancy levels about 80%. So that's uh, actually better than 2019 for Stampede. And the room rates that guests are being charged are consistent with the five-year average we saw from 2015 to 2019. So overall, good news. But let's face it, as you said, you know, rearview mirror, 10 days doesn't change the balance sheet. And as far as the impact when it came to uh, human resources, Saul, how is that being affected? Are are these uh, businesses and these hotels uh, able to keep up? Well, you know, the bigger story is the dramatic scale of the labor shortage for all of this year. Uh, and well into 2023. For Stampede, it's all hands on deck. Workers and management are working double and triple shifts. And so far, customer service levels that we're seeing have been maintained. So guests are happy and excited. But let's face it, triple shifts are not sustainable. And we need to fill across the city about 800 vacancies before 
the busy meetings and conventions business that comes in August into October. So it's quite a significant labor shortage, but it's, it is all hands on deck right now for Stampede. So, you know, if you had a message for folks who might be thinking, oh, you know, I, I'm out of work or I want to change my, my job, this might be the time then. You know, it is the time. Uh, you know, if folks are considering the hospitality business, it's certainly going to look amazing for <laughs> for quite a while. And we're getting support from the city. City Council is considering a transit program to help attract workers back to hotels. But we do need the federal and provincial governments to also support programs, temporary foreign workers. Like It is a great time to come back to the industry. Uh, and there could be all sorts of incentives that we get from government and within hotels to attract people back to the industry. And Saul, you referenced the post-stampede August on into the uh, you know fall, the convention, the convention season. Uh, what are you seeing and what are you hearing from your partners as far as those bookings? Does that seem to be back to post uh, pre-pandemic uh, levels? It, it's coming close to pre-pandemic levels. And certainly for a convention business in the 23, 24, 25, and with the opening of the new BMO Center to accompany the existing Telus Convention Center, there's a, a great book of business. Well, lots of work to be done to, to get the city filled for um, for conventions as we look to the next three or four years. Saul, so you touched on it, the Temporary Foreign Workers Program. How is import, How important is it that this get opened up again? It's critical on two levels. You know, one is for foreign students, so schools such as SAIT, uh, the hospitality programs across the province, do attract a significant number of international students. So we're looking for support to allow those students to have actually increase their hours when they're working in hotels, their hands-on. Um, uh, programs when it comes to to work that supplements their education. And certainly we need some support on temporary foreign workers from the federal government, and that's to look at the labor market impact assessment, make changes to that to allow for more um, international workers to come and work here in Calgary. So thanks for the update uh, this morning and, and happy stampeding to you. Yahoo! Yahoo! I like that. That is Sal Zia, Executive Director of the Calgary Hotel Association. Do you get enough exercise on a daily or a weekly basis? And just how much exercise do you need not only to maintain your health, but to improve your overall well-being and your quality of life? To discuss, we're joined by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. Uh, can we really break down or quantify just how important physical exercise is for our health, Dr. J? Absolutely. I mean, how many times have we talked about this? But the magic number appears to be 150 minutes a week. And that is a moderate exercise. Um, there was a recent study and they were looking at if you don't have time every day, can you pack it all in on the weekend or on one or two days like a weekend warrior? And you absolutely can. So the stats came through that it's not quite as good as doing it on a more regular basis, but that 150 minutes is crucial and spread it out any way you want. Regular is better, but if you have to cram it in on the weekend, you're still getting a very good benefit off that. Good or bad if you do more? Uh, better yet, <laughs> but of interest. So if you look at um, the amount of exercise per day, uh, when you hit about 20 minutes a day, you get benefit. If you go up to 60 or more, you get even more benefit. But the difference between 20 minutes and 60 minutes is less than you might think. So that over 20 minutes seems to be crucial. And after 60, you know, hey, if you're like me, you do it because uh, you love to do it. But uh, you may not get as much benefit mm. off it after that. 
And Dr. J, when we use the term exercise, it's quite subjective. For some people, um, it might be that uh, swimming laps, you know, at a high speed or powerlifting yeah. like Sue Deal. Yeah. Other people, it might be <laughs> walking around the block for a half hour. Does it matter what type or how intense said exercise is? So that moderate exercise, so yeah, moderate is the term. Now, what does that mean? I guess it could be quite different for, for different people. So if you like high intensity uh, exercise, you certainly can do it. But high intensity for very short periods of time might not be as good a benefit as being a little bit more moderate and stringing it out a bit. So moderate is generally where I can carry on a conversation, but it's only in short sentences. Right, I can't speak and blah blah, right. blah 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 and go on forever because I'm not maybe I'm not going hard enough. But if I can clip my sentences but keep talking, I'm good. If I can't speak at all or barely carry on a conversation, then that's more intense and perhaps more than I truly need to do. And if I've passed out, you're past the point of getting a good benefit from it. Um, I'm just curious yeah. as to how many of us do you think are getting enough exercise or people in general? Yeah, so this study actually referenced, uh, it was American study. Uh, I'm not sure how we, if we compare exactly with Americans, but it was 50% only. Uh, so much higher in the 18 to 24 age group was up to 70%, but down to, you know, 20, 30% in the higher age group. So the overall was 50%, and that's pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to hear from me that only 50% of people are only doing 150 minutes. I view 150 minutes as being pretty minimal in a whole week. But I guess even that is is a lot for a lot of people. And when we say week, you mean seven days, not five days? This is like, so basically 20 minutes a day is what you're talking about for the most part. Would, would almost get you there, exactly. So mm -hmm. typically it's referenced that five days a week, 30 minutes or more would get you that 150. But if you go seven days a week, yeah, you even have to do less than that. And the benefit is cardiovascular. The benefit is cancer risk and overall overall mortality, meaning the chance of dying from any cause, 30% less if you exercise 150 minutes a week. 30% wow. less chance of dying overall. It's amazing benefit off exercise. Well worth it. It's not that much time. You just have to schedule it in for yourself. Great reminders. Thanks so much, Dr. J. Appreciate it. Okay, you betcha. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call for the family physician. How much do you know about Transcendental Meditation, or TM as it's called, if you're of a certain age, you may remember when it was popularized rather in the late 60s when the Beatles publicly took up the practice. But the technique is perhaps more widespread than you think with many of today's top athletes, entertainers, and business leaders doing transcendental meditation on a daily basis. To learn more about it on this Motivational Monday, we're joined by Rhea Kinzel, teacher and director at the Calgary TM Center. Good morning to you, Rhea. Good morning, Andy. Uh, let's let's start with just the definition. How would you describe transcendental meditation, and, and how does it work? Um, right. So, uh, TM is actually a remarkable technique for relieving stress. It gives you a very very deep level of rest, so that the mind experiences its own inner silence. The metabolism settles down anywhere between 16 and 25%, and it does it in a very natural, effortless way. Instead of trying to control the mind, we use the natural tendency of the mind, and that makes it very easy. So this enables the body to normalize by getting rid of stress. Maharishi, who uh, introduced TM to the West, defined the normal physiology as a physiology without stress. So that is our objective. So without the imbalances and rigidities and impurities that result when we're 
impacted by the environment um, in ways that affect the nervous system and the body to the point where you can't sleep it off at night. Um, those stresses, when we clear them out, we free up every aspect of our lives. So a lot of people are interested in spiritual growth. We've taught people from many traditions, and they tell us that it deepens and enriches their experience of those traditions and makes my life more meaningful. And that includes people who don't come from a specific tradition. Um, it increases mental clarity, improves memory, enables more holistic thinking. Um, brain scans show us that the entire cortex, the conscious mind, receives more blood, becomes more alert. Um, Ray Dalio, the founder of Bridgewaters, possibly the biggest hedge fund in the world, is a very strong proponent. Um, creativity is enhanced. Um, Seinfeld, Martin Scorsese, David Lynch, Oprah. Oh, they're just strings of them. They all credit TM for very much of their success. Um, emotional stability increases. People tell us of having more patience, more understanding, uh, greater ability to love. Mothers tell us of their children who say, Mom, it's time to go meditate, because <laughs> they can notice the difference. Uh, physical health improves, um, and the immune system is strengthened. Um, the production of uh, cortisol decreases. Cortisol is related to a great deal of our disease. Um, serotonin makes us feel so good. It increases. Um, there's huge relief from anxiety. One of the most frequent pe reasons people come to us um, is that they have anxiety and they want to relieve that. And again, brain scans show there's a much reduced flow of blood to the fight, flight, freeze response system centered on the amygdala. Um, so what we're doing is we're developing habits of responding from a more stable, more grounded state of mind. So for this reason, it's been found very effective helping people with various kinds of post-traumatic stress. Um, the American Veterans Association is taking steps to make it available to all veterans mm. with PTS in the United States. And here in Canada, we have a very generous grant um, from our veterans people um, to teach a large number of veterans and their families, um, especially where there's been a... a uh, question of post-traumatic stress. So, Rhea, how do we practice TM? How does that look physically? Well, what it looks like, it's, it's a regular practice because what we are doing is developing a habit. It's not something we use, um, you know, for the emergency um, anxiety attack. It's something that we do on a regular basis, 10 or 15 minutes twice a day, um, just sitting comfortably in a chair. Uh, it's a mental technique. Um, it's very simple. Uh, it's a mantra technique. It's a very simple little mantra, and it just becomes extremely, you know, habitual. Um, so uh, we just get into the habit. It just becomes mm. part of our lives, you know, mm. like like 
<laughs> doing brushing your teeth in the morning. Right. You, you mentioned some of the success stories and some of the names that we know who have done great things in entertainment, business, it seems like all corners. Can anybody do the technique? Is it age-dependent? Is it a certain type of person who can, you know, take on this technique and, and have success with it? Um, it's very, very uh, easy to do, so anybody can do it. I've taught four-year-olds. Let's see. Well, between the age of four and ten, we have a special little technique because it's not really... Um, <laughs> natural for children to sit there for 10 minutes or <laughs> whatever with their eyes closed. Um, but it, I've taught people between the age of 10 and 90 and everybody can do it. And, um, you know, we have a support system that's available there for the rest of your life. So if at any point you start wondering, you know, is it really still working for me or I just want a little boost or I yeah, I'd like to do a group meditation. Um, that is all available um, once you've learned TM. And let's face it, this is a pretty stressful world we live in right now. And to be able to deal with your stress better, to be able to handle everything that's going on in the world, it seems like a brilliant idea. Thank you so much for telling us all about it. I've always kind of wondered, and I appreciate your insight. Thank you very much for giving me the chance. Thank you. Rhea Kinzel is a director and teacher at the Calgary TM Centre, Transcendental Meditation. The website is ca.tm.org, ca.tm.org. I have taken it. Have you? At the at the location. Yep. Uh, before Rhea's time, I've been talking about maybe uh, 22 years ago. I'm fascinated by it. Um, it is fantastic. Um, and I, I, I can you very hear much a lot it. of it. You don't really hear. Maybe it's sort of one of those underground things that's been around forever, but people don't talk too much. Yeah, about but it's it. also like working out. Some people work out all the time and some people, I guess, yeah. you know, kind of dabble in it. And that's something that I have to get more, more so involved with. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting and you can uh, explore it here in our city. Good stuff. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.